It's the giving permission to ourselves to focus on what we would love, what we actually want. We're really good at what we don't want. We all know that very, very well. I think we're more vulnerable around the things we would love because to admit them may mean that our current life situation is going to need to change if we're going to have those things. Or it's so out of the box and unusual for whatever the upbringing we've had that we're too terrified to even let anyone know about what we'd really want. Yet, if we dare and at least just admit it to ourselves, it's an energizer. It kindles the libido. It kindles the life force in the body. Uh, It's very important. Imagine it like heart fire. You feed the fire of your heart. It gives you fuel, inspiration, enthusiasm, and so forth. Yes, yes. That's exactly the point. How can we feel our own fire if you haven't even asked yourself that? And that's why all my clients, they found the most useful is when I give them that burnout bulletproof worksheet. Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued, and said, heck yes, to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm on the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Sabrina, for another episode of the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. And today we have yet another exciting episode and another exciting guest. And she is actually in Barbados and filming this with us. So, you know, the internet is awesome. We can bring so many experts on the show and truly create something amazing for you. So without further ado, let me introduce Dr. Saida Desilei. So she is an expert in many things and she wants to live in a world filled with audacious sexual sovereign people living life on their own terms. So think about that. Set those (laughs) words in. As a counterculture creatrix and a body of philosopher, she has published The Emergency of Sexual Women and Desire. Her innovative methods has been featured on Dr. Christian Northrup and Dr. Rachel Abrams' best-selling books and is at the foundation of Breakthrough Research in the field of female medicine. So all the female listeners out there, listen closely today. Saida is renowned for being the founder of the modern Jade Egg movement, has created eight online courses for greater embodiment and consulting expert for the sexual embodiment app, K-A-M-A. So I'm so excited for her to join us today because... Now, life means more than just work and life, 
right? Exactly. How do we even define life? And <laughs> we know really key component of your whole life is ten different things. And desire, relationship, that partnership is so crucial. And it's not just about having that connection, but also how do you connect with yourself and knowing what you desire, what brings you pleasure. So when we're in a better spot to satisfy ourselves, of course we're able to give so much more and better. So I can't wait for this episode to start. So please introduce yourself. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to be here and an honor. And I think that this conversation is going to be really fun. It's quick, so I'd love to dive in with whatever you are excited to explore with me today. Awesome, awesome. So, give us a little bit more background on、um, why picking this field and、yes. what was that journey looks like for you. Yeah, so it's it's not a fun story. I was brought up on one of the most violent Native Canadian reservations, so I was exposed to a lot of violence, domestic violence. Our home was a shelter for abused women, so I got exposed to that at a very young age and understood it. And then I myself ended up being in a rape experience when I was 20 that nearly cost me my life. So I woke up from an emergency surgery, and the doctor's like, "You've got two weeks to live." And so, of course, at 20 years old, that's a bit of a shock. And that shock, however, led me on a journey, and that was a long time ago. So it's been a long two weeks. And on that journey, I actually developed a method where not only could I heal physically, but there was a healing also in the psychology, in the emotions, in the beliefs, and all of that. So the method is bringing kind of an embodied psychosexual piece to healing trauma. And yeah, it's been an amazing personal journey. And then for the last couple of decades, I've been teaching all over the world. This particular method and the transformation has been amazing. Awesome! And so, when you are having all these clients come to you, what do you think is one of their top struggles when it comes to finding themselves and finding what they needed for their own desire? Yeah, I mean, there's many, but I think the predominant one you could say is that most of the clients I see are women. And for a lot of women, they're socially conditioned very quickly out of even trusting their bodies. Of trusting their pleasure, trusting their arousal. So even though it can show up as I don't orgasm, or I can't keep a boyfriend, or my husband has had an affair, or whatever the the issues that have come up, or even post certain surgeries because they've ended up with imbalances from you know so much pelvic tension, etc. The main part that I help women with is to come back into a relationship where they can trust their body. And start having a healthier, more vibrant connection with their body, and very quickly, what's incredible about that is things that are out of balance will come into balance. Relationships shift, pleasure activates and opens up. So I've just found that it's really crucial to rebuild that trust in our arousal, our desire, our pleasure, and all the sensations that come with that. Yeah, that's amazing. I think one thing with all of us doesn't matter if you're a high functioning career woman or someone who focused on your family and what your own inner circles. We all have different sabotaging tendencies that stop us from focus from within. Now we can say, "Hey, there's something else that we tied into our identity, and therefore that external piece of you become the driver instead of thinking." What do I want? Who am I as a person? Have anybody even asked me that question, or have I even thought about asking myself this question? Because most of the time it's tough, right? Do you believe it's sometimes it can be hard to 
even know what you want because we can easily say what we don't want. I fully agree with that. And that's actually why I wrote the book Desire is to give a broader range of desire so that we could start understanding it more as a force of nature. And we could start understanding the value of it, that it's almost like a trustable compass and how it gets hijacked. This is very important. But what you're speaking to here really excites me because it's the giving permission to ourselves to focus on what we would love, what we actually want. We're really good at what we don't want. We all know that very, very well. I think we're more vulnerable around the things we would love because to admit them may mean that our current life situation is going to need to change if we're going to have those things. Or it's so out of the box and unusual for whatever the upbringing we've had that we're too terrified to even let anyone know about what we'd really want. Yet, if we dare and at least just admit it to ourselves, it's an energizer. It kindles the libido. It kindles the life force in the body. Uh, It's very important. Imagine it like heart fire. You feed the fire of your heart. It gives you fuel, inspiration, enthusiasm, and so forth. Yes, yes. That's exactly the point. How can we feel our own fire if you haven't even asked yourself that? And that's why all my clients, they found the most useful is when I give them that burnout bulletproof worksheet. It doesn't mean you only burned out in your career. You actually burned out just living life. (laughs) So if we don't even know, how do I want to show up this week? What are my top three priorities that become non-negotiable and they're no longer just good to have? And then how can you even be so true to yourself and to say, hey, I'm going to be courageous. And what does that mean this week? You already gave yourself the direction on if any new opportunity comes, I'm going to try it out. If something going to be difficult, I'm not going to procrastinate and do something that's easier. I wanted to be the courageous person. So in the sense, what we want out of life, take that courage, take the knowing of fear of, I don't know if I can get that desire, but I still willing to take smaller steps to try that. So we're not feeling that maybe I'm not good enough to have it, or maybe I'm too good, but then I'm doing so many other things. Maybe this is not the most important thing. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think that uh, when we, you know, we were talking about courage, I, I call it daring. We all come from those who dared. The ancestors who didn't dare didn't make it. So we have that in ourselves. Unfortunately, though, modern humans have a huge issue with apathy. It's like we were just a little bit dead in, in our heart. We're just like, eh, maybe because of all the stress and we don't explore pleasure enough. And then the second part of that is leaning into what we would love is not a common conversation. It's way more popular to complain and to focus on what's not working and all of those kind of habits to create connections socially. So at first you might feel like you're a little unpopular when you start talking about how much you you love this thing and now you're created a schedule where you actually have more space and in that space you're doing things that are pleasurable. I mean, you sound almost like an alien. And yet, I think that's the counterculture that I was talking about in my bio is there is a huge counterculture of people who've had enough of being a machine. They really want to reclaim their humanity. That means on the level of emotion, on a level of creativity, on a level of connection, on a level of even career. And those people have understood that pleasure in terms of how the systems work in our body is what runs everything optimally. It's not negotiable. 
And I'm not just talking orgasm and sexual pleasure. I'm talking about being in a state where you're not perpetually in high state of arousal alert, like where's the next shoe going to drop, but in a more receptive, creative place where you're rejuvenating, resting, and then using arousal when it's appropriate, but not constantly aroused 24 seven. So true. Listen to that. Even rewind this part and listen to that part. We think about primitive brain, right? When we talk about a neuroscience breakdown, yes, it's simple as fight and flight. That's what we do constantly. And study being shown that for any one negative thought and experience, take at least three positive ones to replace. And it's not even just about thinking positively. So in positive psychology, we don't say, oh, just think positive things that would turn around, right? That's why people write journals and write these gratitudes and they don't work because it's not just about doing the positive thing, but intentionally shifting and knowing the right things to do. And in a way, sometimes our brain just firing neurochemicals in the disbalance, imbalance way. And we have to understand sometimes it's just your tendency. It's just that part of our brain that is not functioning. It's not you. And society somehow put us in the spot of if we complain, and some people just wanted people to be heard, right? Like everyone likes to be seen, to be heard, to be felt, to be connected. But if we're sending out the message is continuously complain, the negativity thing, other people are going to feed back on that as well. And the more and more you dump into your family, your friends, then they also don't want to stay in that spot. They also wanted to love to have joy. So if we can think differently, okay, I admit that I'm angry about the situation. At least I felt that, right? At least I honor that emotion. But how can I see in this situation? What's the thing that I can do differently? What can I do so I can walk out of that? What we talk about being daring, being courageous to do something else so we're not stuck in that spot, right? So what are some of the methods that you have been helping your clients to change yeah, mentality. I mean, there's, there's um, because of this past year has been a high stress year for the majority of people. There's been some very basic things that I've shared publicly that are really important to create um, healthy modulation between the aroused state of the nervous system and the relaxation rejuvenation state. And that's hyper important for immunity, mental health. It's like so, so important for mental health. And we've got a lot of mental health things going on now. So one of the things is just to shake. It's literally when something weird goes or, you know, our lives are messy. They're not perfect. And if we can accept that there's sometimes a messiness to being human, when it is a messy moment, we can learn to shake and you shake your whole body at least for a minute. What that does is it resets the whole nervous system. So that's very, very important so that stress doesn't become the default story and you're holding it in a very particular pattern. So shaking, you see animals do it all the time. If something's very stressful, you want to move. You want to let your body tremble and shake. Another is a very simple breath that helps to modulate the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve helps to control, again, the sense of alarm, or relaxation. And the more tone this nerve has, it means the more ability it has to go back and forth, the more healthy we are physically, mentally, emotionally. And that practice is very easy. You just make an O shape with your mouth. You take a breath in. And when you exhale, you exhale very slowly through that O shape. And the slower you go, the more your heart rate will slow down 
And then you're also with the sound that that your ears hearing, it's transferring. Oh, that's a relaxation sound. You inform the vagus system. We're now entering a relaxed state. Even if it's stressful around you, you want to practice modulating in stressful situations to get yourself more relaxed because you can think more clearly. If you're stressed, this part of the brain isn't active. The amygdala will be active. The front part, the creative part, offline. So to bring that online, have more creativity, to bring some kind of innovation even to the stressful experience, we need to have that healthy modulation. Amazing. So I know our medical community is going to love this as healthcare professional. We are always constantly on the go and it just become a culture of defaulting client means our patients come first. So you have to do X, Y, Z. That's just the excuse you give to yourself. It's just an excuse society had put on us. But if you're not in a better spot, I always said, stop asking me about productivity strategies. I can help you get there. But without the basic stamina and energy and knowing where you're even at, like our cell phone, we always know how much battery left on our phone. But do you know how much battery left in your own body? So if we quickly can do these little quick exercises, Think about how important that is. It's not just about like breathing in, right? We know that's actually panic attack when we're hyperventilating. And it's about the slow breath out, feeling the vibration of the air, the sound. And so your body is more aware of itself and empowers you to be in the better spot. So I love this topic and uh, we can talk about this like endless. <laughs> so definitely would want you to come back for another episode. So I know people is going to want to hear more from you. How can they find you best? Yes. So for professionals, I am on LinkedIn. So that's a good place to find me. Also, dareyourdesire.com is the link to my website and the book desirethebook.com is another place to find it. Because I think no matter where you're at in life, it's very important, like you said, to have this reclamation of our personal space, of our health, of our vitality, because why are we rushing into ill health? The majority of the doctors I consult with are not very healthy, and yet they're in health care. So that's kind of interesting. We're, we're not modeling. We're not very embodied in the very thing that we're attempting to support with. So that embodiment, that limbic resonance, if you understand the limbic system, it's an open circuit. So what you're feeling, that dominant state gets transferred to your patient and client. So if you're wanting to really help people, the dominant state in you, if hopefully you can self-induce relaxation, presence, connection, even if there are lots going on, you'll be way, way more effective. We've seen healing reduced by 50% post-surgery when doctors and patients are made aware of the simple breathing process. I mean, it's really amazing. Just that connection with the body improves healing tremendously. Exactly. That's the amazing part. And that's why I even teach people, if you want to get more things done with less time, you actually need to reset yourself throughout the day. And that's why I teach my two-minute exercise. So people can actually grab that at sabrinarombach.com forward slash energy. Before we wrap up, I always ask our speaker, we are experts in our own field, but it's hard to be expert in everything, but that's okay because we're human. Doesn't matter if we're doctor, nurses, PAs, MPs, or a professional entrepreneurs, we can all know ourselves better. So then we can make our whole world light up more. 
and leverage on the strength and seeing what can be the potential killer in your harmony. So Dr. Zeta, when you saw the assessment and look at the result for the first time, what were some of your impressions? Anything you would change? Anything surprised to you? I think I wasn't surprised because I do a lot of self-analysis and I do a lot of that self-inquiry work. I've been, that's the big part of my work. However, I really appreciated it because I, I also think these areas can fluctuate. There's times in our life where we're just a lot better at the physical part, times we're better at the emotional part, financial. And I think for me right now, it was very clear. It's like, oh yes, I could use with a little bit support in terms of the next iteration of my business, for example, and where do I want to go? Because I've gotten very comfortable. And so through the survey, it's like, oh yeah, there's some room for growth in that area. Even on a personal level, there's room to grow relationally, which has been a challenge this year, but a very good challenge. So that was really lovely. I actually think the more honest we can be about also the mess, the more free we are, because then we can get creative about it instead of feeling like we shut it out and push it away. And then it becomes this big mess instead of just a small thing. <laughs> so I think assessments are very useful to catch things before they become a huge problem. Yeah, I so appreciate you giving us your honest opinion. And then I, I think the same way, you know, you actually become the better person through the mess. You always feel better once you get onto the other side, not sitting here where we are uh, feeling like, I just want to complain about it. But despite how much we're going to complain about it, we're still having the problem until we trust our gut and just go for it and think about be more exploratory on what life could be. And then actually take that tiny step. So I so appreciate your time. And I know everyone would love you as well. Everyone, please leave a review on iTunes so we know exactly how much we can further support you and how much you love this episode and our featured speaker. I appreciate all of you for tuning in. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, my friend. How did you love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg. You probably have a lot more questions on actually how do I implement those things into my own life? Well, this is the solution. Joining us inside the private Facebook group go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash powerful passionate where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate where you're no longer working on any mundane work and truly focusing on the things that matter. You can be both powerful and passionate where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. You can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.